Those are your children, Brentwood Baptist Church. And in some cases, your grandchildren. Uh, right now, we have eight campuses, and as you heard, all of them are anticipating starting new works uh, from their campus, uh, mostly, uh, most of them within the next year. So this is going to be an, an exciting, uh, chaotic, uh, and, and wonderful time for us to be about the kingdom business in, in Middle Tennessee. You know, we've talked about my um, inability or unwillingness to pay attention, and some of you have said, wow, you've got really bad ADD, and I have responded, I don't have ADD. There's no deficit to my attention. I have plenty of attention. I probably just don't have attention for what you think I ought to pay attention to. It's not that I'm out. It's just I don't have it for whatever you think I should pay attention to. And as a kid, that was a problem. Sometimes I would not pay attention to my mom and dad. Sometimes I would not hear what they told me. And I would hear the proverbial question that was asked to me a thousand times. Son, how many times do we have to tell you? In my mind, I thought, well, obviously one more time. <laughs> I didn't say that out loud. But that's what I thought. Obviously, you need to tell me one more time because I didn't hear, I didn't pay attention, I didn't listen. So you'll have to tell me one more time. When you read this familiar passage in John's gospel where Jesus says he is the good shepherd, he says it over and over and over. Not only that, but he throws in all kind of other word pictures. I am the gatekeeper. I am the gate of the sheep. I am the good shepherd. I lay down my life for the sheep. I'm the good shepherd. I, have, I come that the, the sheep may thrive, may have life and life more abundant over and over again. And you get to the end of the passage and you take your breath and say, my gracious Jesus, why did you have to tell us that many times? Only to hear him say, Obviously, I needed to tell you one more time. Stand with me now in honor of this great chapter in the Gospel of John. Truly, I tell you, anyone who does not enter the sheep pen by the gate, but climbs in some other way is a thief and a robber. The one who enters the gate is the shepherd of the sheep. The gatekeeper opens it for him. And the sheep hear his voice, and he calls the sheep by name and leads them out. When he's brought them all, on his own, all of his own outside, he goes ahead of them. The sheep follow him because they know his voice. They will never follow a stranger. Instead, they will run away from him because they do not know the voice of strangers. Jesus gave them as a figure of speech. They did not understand what Jesus was telling them. And Jesus said again, I truly I tell you, I'm the gate of the sheep. All who came before me are thieves and robbers, but the sheep didn't listen to them. I am the gate. If anyone enters by me, he will be saved and will come in and go out and find pasture. A thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy. I've come so that they may have life and have it in abundance. I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. 
The hired hand, since he's not the shepherd and doesn't own the sheep, leaves them and runs away when he sees a wolf coming. The wolf then snatches and scatters the sheep. This happens because he's a hired hand and doesn't care about the sheep. I am the good shepherd. I know my own, and my own know me, just as the Father knows me, and I know the Father. I lay down my life for the sheep. But I have other sheep that are not from this sheep pen. I must bring them also, and they will listen to my voice. Then there will be one flock and one shepherd. This is why the Father loves me, because I lay down my life so that I might take it up again. No one takes it from me, but I lay it down on my own. I have the right to lay it down. I have the right to take it up again. I have received this command from my Father. I am the good shepherd. I know my own, and my own know me. This is God's word for God's people. Hear it, believe it, and live. Let's pray together. Tell us one more time that you are the good shepherd and we are the sheep of your pasture. We pray this in your name. Amen. This would have been a very familiar image for the people who were listening to Jesus. They would have seen shepherds most every day of their life. They'd be familiar with the flock. They would understand the certain characteristics of the sheep. And before we get that deep into this, let me remind you that being called the sheep of his pasture is not a compliment. Sheep are not known for their high IQ. Now, you think about the last time you went to a circus. You saw trained tigers, trained lions, trained horses, trained dogs. Did you stay for the trained sheep show? They don't have it. It gets down to this. Here's the hard reality. If you are on your own, if you are left to your own devices, you will not make it. A sheep that was lost from the fold, away from the herd, the sheep that was away from the shepherd was lunch. The wolf, the lion, the bear, somebody would find that lost sheep and it wouldn't last. One of the reasons that there is such a desperation to Jesus' voice is the understanding that the sheep away from the shepherd simply won't make it. Now, our world tells us we don't need a shepherd. Our world tells us we don't need a savior. Now you understand the desperation of Jesus' words. You won't make it without him. That's why he tells us over and over and over again in this passage that he's the good shepherd. He is the, 
the gate. The, and, and I've tried to find, because we, we're disconnected from agriculture. We don't, uh, you know, we go to the grocery store and get our food. We, we, we don't go to the garden and pick anything, not many of us, and certainly not much of it. So I tried to figure out what's, what story around here would work. And then, you know what I thought of? Uh, Brentwood Mother's Day Out. Have you ever been here on a weekday and seen the classes walk from place to place? The teacher will have a rope, okay? The students will be behind her, every one of them holding on to that rope. And I've, I've watched that a couple of times, and I, I may need to get a rope. That um, when Miss Smith's class walks, her class follows her. They will listen to whatever she says. And if she says, friends, let's stay single file, let's slow down so everybody can walk together, they will slow down. It doesn't matter what any other class is doing. They only listen to that one voice. So if you want kind of an understanding of this, imagine that you were a preschooler holding on to the rope behind Jesus, only listening to his voice. He is the gate. In those times when the sheep were out at pasture, the shepherds would build any kind of fence they could. They would use stones, they would use sticks, they would use brush, just anything to keep the sheep hemmed in. Instead of putting a gate, one of the shepherds would spend the night laying across the opening. The wolves could not get past the shepherd to get in. The sheep could, get not get, could not get past the shepherd to get out. He is the gate. If you're going to go in, if you're going to go out, you have to go through him. Now, here's an interesting thought. Some of us have our own little private sin. It's our sin that doesn't hurt anybody. Ha-ha, uh -huh. it's our sin that we just do because we deserve it. We obey Jesus and everything else. We need a little sin on the side. All kind of lies you can tell yourself. But you do you know to go out to do that sin, you have to leave the flock and go through Jesus to do it. When he walks into The fold, all the sheep from all the shepherds would be there. The shepherd would call, his sheep would recognize his voice, and they would follow him out. The other sheep would stay. You know the thing that scratches my head? It, I, you would think Jesus would tell you that he's the shepherd. Right? We all have that romantic picture from the stained glass windows of, of the goat over Jesus' shoulder, the little lamb on Jesus' shoulder. And you would think that Jesus as the shepherd would be enough. Why in the world does he have to tell us good? Why does he have to qualify it? Well, there's a couple of reasons. One, 
There are a couple of things that define what a good shepherd is. And two, there are other shepherds. First, the good shepherd is defined by two things. One, the sheep thrive in his care. I've come that you may have life and you may have it in all abundance. The sheep thrive in his care. Now, <clears throat> the world tells you you don't have to listen to the sheep. You don't have to listen to the shepherd. That you can, you can make your own life. You can figure it out on your own. And I tell you this all the time. The world tells you a couple of hateful lies. One of them is you can be anything you want to be. Let me help you with that. No, you can't. Okay? Uh, when I was a kid, uh, Michael Jordan came out with a brand new tennis shoes and the advertisement said, you can be like Mike. No, you can't. I was a fat, slow white kid in really nice shoes. <laughs> yeah, you, you can't do that. And then the world will tell you, well, then you must have not really wanted it. And it's your fault that you cannot be what you, quote, wanted to be. The world tells our children and our young people, you can be anything you want to be, and that's not true. You can be everything Christ created you to be. Amen. And when you do that, you thrive. Second, the good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. Jesus is unwilling to let death win anything in our lives. Not only will he confront it at the end, where it robs our life of all meaning, Jesus is going to defeat it in every aspect of its battle with us. All the little deaths that rob life of meaning and hope. All of those little battles that come out of this big battle where death robs us of meaning. Jesus isn't going to let death win one part of that battle, much less the war. Jesus lays down his life for the sheep. Now there are other shepherds who destroy, who kill, who rob you of your life and meaning. And why are they calling? They're calling because, honestly, they're running out of sheep. Well, you can't keep sheep if you keep killing them. You have to go find more sheep. So when that false shepherd calls, ask to see the other sheep. Did you ever think about that? Ask Jesus, where are your other sheep? And he can point you to some lives that are being lived out of the overflow of his grace and love. Living in joy and freedom. Satan, <clears throat> not so much. They lied to you. And sadly, some of you will come here and walk out and follow the wrong shepherd. You won't recognize the voice of Jesus. You won't know that it's he who is calling. 
and you won't understand the seriousness of the moment. It's life or it's death. Did you see the contrast in the story? I've come that the sheep may have life and have it more abundantly. The other shepherds steal, steal, and kill and destroy. There are some scholars who think that, that John, when he got to writing his gospel, just grouped all of the sheep stories together. It makes sense. I've told you before that the gospel writers sometimes are like uh, <clears throat> pulled open that drawer of photographs. You know that, that drawer you have in your house of all the photographs you're going to put in a book one day? Okay, every house has got them. And there's a couple of hundred photographs in there. They would have been a couple of hundred stories of Jesus. And every, every Mark, Luke, Matthew, John would have picked the pictures that they think their people needed most. And so John would have grabbed hold of the shepherd stories. And, and, and some of the scholars say he just grouped them all here together because they all have the common theme of sheep, maybe. But there is something about the intensity of this passage. And I kept wondering where that intensity came from. Jesus wants to be sure this message of good shepherd is heard. Where did that intensity come from? It comes from the end of chapter 9. Do you remember what happened in chapter 9 of John? A blind man gets healed. And because the blind man was healed, he became kind of an instant celebrity. And everybody wanted to hear his story, and everybody wanted to know what was going on. So the religious leaders came and began to hassle him and bother him and, 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 and interrogate him and, and bully him, going, who did this? What did he say? How did he do it? By what power? And, and the man finally, in his frustration, finally just shouts out, the only thing I know is that before he came, I couldn't see. When he left, I was fine. I could see. It's the only thing I know. And they left him. After that caused all this confusion and doubt, they left him. And he was by himself when Jesus went back and found him. Remember, I tell you, the good news is not that you can find Jesus. The good news is that Jesus finds you. And Jesus went and found this man. And he asked him, do you believe in the Messiah? And the man says, if you'll show me where he is, I'll believe and Jesus says, he's standing right in front of you. Jesus is the good shepherd that leaves the 99 in the fold and goes and finds the one that is lost. He's the good shepherd. And for somebody here, he needed to tell us one more time.
برگرد I don't want to do anything to put you on the spot or embarrass you. I certainly want you to have the moment to think seriously about your life. And if you're here and you don't know who Jesus is, you don't know him about him as a good shepherd, then come find me. I'll be standing at the Welcome Center just right across the hall here. Big open glass thin area. You'll find me. You'll see me. I'll be over there. Other pastors will be over there. We want to help you find the answers to your questions. We want you to know Jesus before you leave today. If this is the beginning of your uh, journey to become a member of Brentwood Baptist Church, meet us over there. We'd love to help you get that started. However Christ has come to you, he's waiting for you where you are. The church will wait for you as you come. Lord Jesus, every life is now open before you, every heart. We pray now that the decisions we make are exactly what you want.